Lock on transporters. Beam us up. Scotty. If everything goes according to plan, come beam us up. Captain, beam me up. Hello and welcome to Pop Me Up Scotty, a podcast where we rewatch all of Star Trek in chronological order. I am Andrea. I am Oshin. And today we're talking about the season finale of season two, The Expanse. An unknown probe fires on Earth, cutting a swath from Florida to Venezuela. Everything in the past was destroyed, resulting in 7 million human deaths. I'm so happy to be here. How are you feeling? Uh, how are you feeling? Yeah, I'm really glad we're here. The end of season two. We made it. We made it. We made it. Um, maybe because the last three episodes were were so bad. I enjoyed this one. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I also felt this episode... It didn't feel like a season finale. It felt much more like a season opener. Yeah. Because it's not it's not a part one. Season three, episode one is not gonna be the expanse part two. This felt like a a prologue rather than uh epilogue. Yeah, I think they were leaning very heavily into the cliffhanger. Like it's a very not well done cliffhanger. Because it's like opening up a plot line, but it's not like, oh, you have to wait six months or nine months to know who killed the guy. Or it, yeah. It's just like, it's a, another area of space. It's so open. But I think they were looking for, like, oh, I'm excited to see what The Expanse is about. Yeah, and I, I am excited to see. Yeah, me too. Because we've got a, a whole new exploration into a whole new area that is supposedly very dangerous. I have suspicions it's not going to be as dangerous as the Vulcans have let on because there's two whole seasons of this show left. Unless they kill all the crew off in season three, episode one, and we get a whole new crew. But I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the, the writers, oh, this one flopped. Let's just redo the, the whole thing. Yeah. Or season three, season four, they're actually all just a dream happening in Archer's head as he goes slowly mad. <laughs> I wouldn't be too far off. But yeah, my, my expectations were low going into this, and they were exceeded. Met. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I still have still have issues, I still have questions, but yeah, no, I really like this episode. I think my only problem, like the only reason that I don't really, really like this episode is that it's very slow to get to the expanse. I understand why they did it. They didn't want to start something and then end it. I think that would have been better. I don't know, I like that. I think that would have been a cliffhanger, a, a real cliffhanger. But, I don't know, it just felt uh, low. And maybe it was because I was distracted a little bit while I was watching it because of job problems. Yeah. Uh, so I maybe it dragged a little bit more. Like, I liked the episode. Good episode all around. Everybody. Claps, claps, claps. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I liked that they kind of took it slow because so often Star Trek glosses over the length of time these journeys take or the retrofits take yeah whereas we kind of got to sit with that i have some questions about the the time jumps so it took them 
three months to get back to Earth? I don't know. I think so. And then I don't know if they specify how long then they are at Earth getting the retrofits of weapons and stuff. But that's at least... Maybe that was the three months. They definitely mentioned three months at some point. Reed mentions three months from the memorial thing. Yes. Which begs the question, are the Klingons just kind of floating around Earth waiting? Waiting. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what you want me to tell you, but... Oh, no, it's okay. I'm not actually asking you, because I know you didn't write I know. (laughs) It just doesn't make sense, but I uh, I don't know. I would say it's three months to Earth, and then around one month, maybe, Hmm. for the repairs and stuff, and then seven weeks, which is almost two months to the Expanse. Yeah. So that's half a year that the Klingons were were just... Yeah, it's a long time. It's a lot, this episode, this forty-minute episode takes place in a in a long time. In half the other time period. Yeah, but it doesn't feel like it. It feels like it takes place in a few days because yeah, obviously in seven months a lot of character development should have happened, but it doesn't. I think we do see some character development with Trip because he gets angrier and angrier. Um. Yeah. I. I yeah. Trip was on my notes. Um. I don't know. I mean, he should be on your notes. He's always on my notes, Indra. Uh, I don't know how I feel about Trip. I'm a bit anxious going into season three. He seems very revenge thirsty, which I don't like. And look, you know, I I don't like, I don't like Reed. We know this. I don't like Reed. Um, but but Reed is making an effort to be emotionally supportive. Which is doubly hard for him because he's English. And <laughs> Trip effort. just completely goes, go, takes the, like, just goes mad, flips, flips him off, go, goes crazy. And I, I think I he's mean, out of line. I think he's out of line. You have a sister. I have two sisters. I don't have a sister. What would you feel if you were three months away and you could not go and she died and you didn't know anything about her and she died because an alien race from space attacked her and everybody else around her. Like, I think his anger is justified mostly because it's frustration. Yeah, and I would I would be angry. I would be angry, but Reed is actually trying to get Trip to deal with his grief. But Trip is actually Trip isn't acknowledging that he's well, angry you about his d- sister. You deal with your grief the way you deal with your grief. No one can tell you how to deal with your grief. No, I know, but Trip is basically saying... Do not try to give it to to Reed for being a good friend. No, I'm when give, he's, I am. His I am. friend is not... His, his friendship is not required at this time. I... It is. No, there's a time for anger and there's a time for acceptance. Let Trip be angry and then he'll accept it. You can have both. No. Trip is in denial. Trip is saying, I'm angry about everyone. And Reed is trying to say, okay, but it's okay to be more upset about your sister because she's more important to you. And Trip is trying to say, no, I need to be upset about everyone. What's that about the stages of grief? Listen, let the man go at his own pace. I, Whatever did he I, do I to think you? Reed, Reed is reaching out. Reed's trying to make an effort. I'm on Reed's side here. Yeah, I empathize with Trip completely. I just think he, he's not dealing with his grief well. No, he's not. But what is dealing with grief correctly? The man is is allowed to not grieve the same way you would. 
No, he's not. Anyway, what do we feel about the temporal Cold War little mention we have going on? Um, so the whole plot of this episode is that the, the Zindi yeah. have learned that 400 years in the future, humans destroy their planet. Yeah. We, we don't know if this is true or not. I have no recollection of the Zindi or if that is, uh, is a reference to something in future series. But in response, the Zindi have gone back in time basically to destroy Earth first. They got themselves into the Hitler, the baby Hitler paradox. Yeah, exactly. They did a shit job of it because obviously they didn't destroy Earth. Was it mentioned? Was that a warning shot or were they just testing the weapon? I don't know because uh, if Archer hadn't gone back and told them about the visit from the future guy, whatever, they wouldn't have known who they were. So nothing on Earth would have stopped the... Like, is it to stop us from going to space? But we're already in space. I d- I'm so... I don't know. And, and we now have a third faction in the Temporal War. Unless the people who told the Zindi are Daniel's faction. But I don't think they are. So we now have Daniel's time protectors. We have the Sulaban and their shady figure. And now we have this third faction. And I feel like there's a lot. I feel like it's getting out of control. I don't know what's going on. But I also feel like 7 million people are dead. That's pretty big. I don't think this series is going to end with Enterprise or the crew of Enterprise restoring the timeline to what it should have been and saving those 7 million people. I don't know. Which now tells me that all of Star Trek is set on this alternate timeline, which is very weird. There's nothing I can say. You can't say anything, because you really don't remember. Yeah. Or, <laughs> you... or I do remember, and I don't want to spoil it for exactly. you. Exactly, which either way, I appreciate you not saying anything. But yeah, I'm intrigued. I'm excited to find out what's going on. I'm also nervous because I don't think it's going to be satisfactory. <laughs> I think it's going to break all time travel rules, which annoys me. you got to get time travel right. Also, the weapon that they found used to make this attack on Earth. It came from the future, and we do need to talk about this quantum dating because I have questions. <laughs> um, I don't understand. Did the Zindi send it from the future to Earth, or did the Zindi send it to themselves from the future, and then the contemporary we'll day Zindi attacked Earth? What is Archer's plan? Are they going to go to contemporary Zindi and say, hey, your future selves are fucking with us. Can you just leave a note for yourselves in the future? <laughs> no, our fu- what he's going to say is our future selves fucked with you, so your future selves are fucking with us, but we d- we haven't done anything yet. Yeah. But this <laughs> in itself is now then creating a whole new timeline because if they leave a note now for, or if they, you know, let's say, oh, okay, you just need to tell your future selves not to attack Earth. Either then in, in either the Zindi happen. in the future yeah, got that message and ignored it and still attacked Earth, or there's going to be a whole new timeline created where the Zindi in the future get that message and they don't attack Earth, and it is it's just a spider web of timelines. We all do know how paradoxes work. I know, but I just I just needed to vocalize it for myself. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if it was modern day Zindi. I mean, it was the future Cindy, but sending it to modern day Cindy and then the Cindy going to Earth, or they just sent it to Earth. I don't know. 
we'll have to wait, I suppose. Um, the the Sullivan with the shady figure, they're now trying to help Archer protect the timeline. That's suspicious because they'd That's previously weird. been very anti-Archer. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what their end goal is. I'm I, I have a lot of questions. Yet again, a temporal Cold War episode that raises way more questions than it answers. I mean, it, it, this one doesn't really answer any. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I would say it doesn't answer any. Yeah, no, I don't think it does. Yeah, the quantum dating. Can we can we talk about that? Because that 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 doesn't make sense, right? Um. I mean, I don't know what quantum dating is. I looked it up. It's not a thing. I don't think. Well, I looked it up on Wikipedia. I didn't look it up on Google. Okay, so it is a thing. Quantum dating is a thing. However, it's very funny, and that's why I'm laughing, that the first thing, if you look up quantum dating on Google, the first result is quantum dating, dating platform for conscious singles. It's a dating (laughs) site. (laughs) Anyway, so how does quantum dating work? Quantum dating was an extremely precise method of measuring a particle's state of origin. Unlike carbon dating, which measures a substance's subjective age, quantum dating was able to identify an accurate date of origin even if the substance had traveled through time. Oh. And this is and this is Star Trek Alpha. So, it is a thing that they made up for Star Trek. Okay, so it it works. It makes sense. I was confused. Yeah, the by it. the, the scanner just had a thing for how old things, especially if they're going to space. You don't know how old things are in space. Yeah. So it makes sense. No, I agree. I retract my science nitpick because it's okay, not a nitpick. Good. It's not a nitpick. I mean, seven million people died here. I don't even know how much that is. That's more than the population of Ireland. That's like Ireland is just wiped out. London is wiped out. Most of London. I mean, 7 million people have died from COVID as of today. Yeah, crazy. I mean, it's the Holocaust. 6, six million people in the Holocaust. Roughly yeah. 6 million in the Holocaust. It's insane. I feel like the episode, it tries to give it the gravitas it deserves. It doesn't necessarily because it is a mainstream primetime TV show. But that is crazy, yeah. 7 million people. Yeah. Would the that that big laser going through the sea because we don't know how deep it goes, but would that affect like tides and sea levels, yeah. etc.? I would assume so. I would have thought so. I mean, so the image, the CGI image that we get from the attack on Trips's sister house, or what it was, it what what it was before. Yeah. Um, it's a quite deep. It's deep. It's quite deep. And there's no land. Like, it evaporated the land. There was just a hole. The land and the materials that were in that area are now gone, right? Yeah. So I would assume that the sea is the same. So all that water is gone. So the water has to go back down. Because earth and soil and stuff doesn't necessarily fill the void as easily. But water just flows down, so yeah, yeah that's gonna cause Problems. damage. Yeah, 
Also, let me see. From Venezuela to Florida, it's most. It's just water. It's a lot of water. Like Venezuela is on the north, uh, south of South America, and Florida is in the south. Oh, it went through Cuba and Haiti, the Bahamas, Jamaica. Yeah, they, it goes through islands, but it's mostly water. So surely that has a worldwide effect on tides and stuff. Also, though, I mean, not to downplay seven million people dead, but if you're gonna attack Earth and send a message, maybe don't largely attack water. Attack water. <laughs> I think I mean, it could either be that they were, they, it literally just... Random. They weren't ready to fire and it just fired anywhere and that's where it went. Or that it was a warning because... Because it was, no, it was piloted though. What? There was a pilot, wasn't there? That died. Yeah, like, but... he could have he could have been trying to go somewhere else, and they just I don't know. But if you you're trying to do the most harm, that's not the area to do it. No. Go to India or China; they're more densely populated. Yeah, or if you're trying to Starfleet, go to San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, which is on the other side of the fucking country. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think. Well, maybe maybe we will get an answer to this, but I don't think there was any anything on Florida, really, or Venezuela, or the Caribbean islands. To assuming that nothing much changes in the next hundred years, Florida's no great loss. <laughs> like poor Florida, but yeah, like for densely populated areas, you can go to New York, you can go to L.A. in the United States. I mean, but. I don't know, Miami, Florida is also very densely populated, but it's people that no one will miss. Yeah. Because they're from Florida. And it's also an area that's going to benefit from lowering sea levels because... (laughs) 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 Yeah. But yeah. I'm looking forward to see how they deal with this because I think Trip, as I said, he's definitely on a a mission for revenge and probably sees this as a mission for revenge, but I... I think Archer and Starfleet, they're probably going to be a bit more diplomatic about it. I don't think they're going to start a war with this indie. And I also think they've got, they've got to Paul with her logic and her reason. Of course they've got to Paul. I also like that they confirmed that she was going to be there at the end of the season. Oh yeah, I'm glad they didn't leave that on a cliffhanger. Because for one thing, I mean, we know, we know for a rewatch, it's stupid cliffhanger because we know, oh, she's she's in the next season. Yeah. Maybe, like, if they'd done it at the time, maybe there would have been some negotiation or something in the news about maybe she was leaving. But I'm glad that I'm I mean, glad she's, a, she's a female actor on a sci-fi show. So I'm pretty sure there would have been talks of maybe her being removed. Yeah. But I'm glad that they didn't, the Star Trek fans from my past Trek is that they did not have to wait the whole between season hiatus without knowing if she was going to be there because honestly she's she's carrying the show oh yeah she's by far yeah skipping ahead to some of the awards yeah she's, yeah she's gonna win something <laughs> yeah she's yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um is she gonna be is she gonna join starfleet now is she just gonna be a civilian on the ship because she's resigned her commission in the high command i'm intrigued to see what happens I would like to see that conversation. Yeah, so would I. Also, in terms of 
the mission and the crew, when Archer was having a discussion with Admiral Forrest, Admiral Forrest mentioned something about a general and military personnel. Oh. I'm intrigued. Are we spoilers? Are we going to get new characters in season three that I don't know about? This is spoilers. I'm curious. Is Reed going to have competition for most trigger happy crew member? Most obsessed with guns? Is he going to have a little gun buddy? I can't wait. I'm excited. I'm not saying nothing. Stop asking. I'm not asking. I'm just Ah! speculating. Because I've seen pictures. I've seen pictures of the crew and I'm. (laughs) Oh, there's no character that I think I haven't seen before, so I'm I'm curious. I I did I not look, but I happened to see when my Netflix went on to the next episode that season three episode one is called the Zindi. So is is this going to be resolved in episode one, or is this going to be a is it going to be a season long arc? I don't know. I'm I'm intrigued. I did kind of spoil an element of the show for myself. In term, not oh. in terms of characters or plot, but in terms of the format. My understanding is that season three and four are more of a season-long arc rather than episodic. And I'm curious about that. You don't have to confirm, don't confirm or deny, but we'll see. Okay. What did you think about Flox? I love Flox. We got another Flox and Paul scene of them chatting about how they're the only two aliens, giving advice to each other. No, of course Flox had to go. I'm delighted he's staying, delighted Paul's staying. He's the best doctor they could have on this mission, because a human doctor yeah. would have no fucking clue what was going on or what to do. Yeah. They looked out with Flox. Yes. And he knows. He knows. <laughs> he knows what's up. He's like, mm, they're going to need me. <laughs> yeah. And he's curious as well, which is good yeah. for a doctor. Which is great for a doctor and a scientist in general to be curious. And he's highly protective of his crew. Yeah. We love Flux on this podcast. We love them. Good morals, principled, love them. Great guy. But I am I'm interested to see what effects, if any, we will see occur on the crew. Like, will they meet another ship that that have gone insane? Will they meet a ship? Honestly, yeah. Call me crazy. I do want to see a person with their insides outside, but living. Body hard trigger warning. That was my next point. I was literally, you, you cut me off, I was literally saying, are they going to meet an anatomically inverted crew? Because that idea has... I would been, love that. It doesn't make sense. I don't know how it would work. I would have nightmares for the rest of my life, but please give it to me. Yeah. Do you think, would it be like a balloon where we're hollow inside? Or do you think the skin and hair and stuff is all squished in into the center? I don't know. And like, because your ribs are attached to your spine, right? So. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't make sense. It, it wouldn't make, make sense. sense. But is your spine on your back and your ribs still go around? Or is your spine on your back and your ribs are, like, sticking out like wings? What I imagine when I hear anatomically inverse human is just the skin inverse, but not the organs. Like, the organs are still inside. No, because they but, say anatomically. Uh, I know, I know, but I cannot picture... A balloon <laughs> with everybody because because it doesn't make sense because our our ribs are cylindrical, yeah. quote unquote cylindrical. Please don't quote me on this. But if you bring them outside, it's not going to be surrounded. It's going to be just on one yeah. side of our balloon body, which means do the organs stay inside that and then we only have a piece of 
skin? Where do the muscles go? There's so many things. So in my head, I'm just picturing a human, but with their skin inverted, which is already disgusting enough. Also, with like a thing like arms, would the skin go inside the bone? Would the bone just be on one side? We're all made of cylindrical shapes. (laughs) Yeah, it wouldn't work. I'm curious, though. It wouldn't work. We wouldn't have eyes. But that's why I want to see it. We wouldn't have eyes. We wouldn't be able to see it. Our brains would be sitting on top of our head like little nubs. Dicks would be inside. Uteruses would be outside. Yeah, that's so easy. Easy access to get rid of them. Well, no, because the entrance is on the inside. Oh, to get rid of them, yeah, you just stiff them. You can just jack them. I mean, sex is impossible. Yeah. Your testicles are on the inside, which means your, your semen all die because they need to be cool, which is why they're on the outside. Oh, wait, no, but your... Hang on, would your testicles be on the inside or would they just be outside the scrotum when the scrotum would be? Like, how far does it go? Well, they would be on the scrotum, but the scrotum would be inside the balloon. Would they? Yeah. Your scrotum is not inside your body, is no, it? No, but here's the question. Check it out. No, no, I know, I know. But if, because, you know, you know, your scrotum hangs off your body. But where do you draw the line? So if my scrotum is inside my body, inside the balloon, does that mean that my head is also inside the balloon? Hmm. And then if that's the case, what about my arms and legs? Am I just a circular balloon with, like, organs uh, on the outside? Moisturize me! Moisturize <laughs> me! <coughs> you just a piece of skin. I don't know. That's a very good question. Is your head inside the balloon? It shouldn't be. But if you're... If your cranium... Are... Your cranium would be the balloon. And everything else is outside. What if it's just literally a round balloon of your skin? And your organs and bones are arranged... Are floating on around. The, ...on the balloon as they would be. So, like, you've got your your bone arms on one side of the balloon with the muscles on either side and then... That's disgusting. Oh no, but it would have to be. Oh, I have it. It would, it be would a, have to be human shaped. It would be a cylindrical balloon because it would be contained in the ribs. Your brain on the top, and you'd have to paint a little face on it. On the on the brain. Well, no, on the balloon, on the little inside. Oh, of the balloon. okay. This is way too much body horror for me. Okay, I'm sorry. not happy with this. Sorry. I I wouldn't mind. Just the skin inverted, but I can I draw the line at a With human hanging out. Yeah, a human cylindrical shape. Okay. With a with a drawn on face. Okay. <laughs> I think I think it, that is that is okay. I think that is a fair line to put on. Yeah, no fair. Okay. <laughs> okay, we've been talking for forty minutes. Most of that was the tangent that we went on, but Let's try to talk about something that will stay on the podcast. Okay. I'm going to keep all that in. Um, Archer is an irresponsible dog owner yet again. Again? Oh, my God. When I heard Porthos was still on board, I was like, I will kill you. Porthos doesn't know the risks. Porthos can't consent. This is bullshit. Yep. Imagine if... The thing that turns your body inside out happened to them. And then Porthos is just a baby dog being turned inside out. What the hell? They don't know how it's going to affect humans. They have a rough idea of how it's affected Vulcans. God knows how it's going to affect a dog. Maybe dogs are immune. What if Porthos is going mad and they don't even know because he's a dog? He can't express that. I mean, they would know because he would go crazy. But 
maybe maybe Porthos is immune. Maybe. I mean, Fox also is bringing a lot of creatures and pets, but I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that some of them do have medicinal value. Yeah, that Porthos should have stayed home. Porthos needs some fresh air. I mean, he's probably had some. I would hope they let him off the ship. Yeah. In the three or four months that they were back on Earth. Please, let him peace outside. I mean, I think that's all my major notes on the plot. I want it on record. I still suspect the shady figure leading the Sulaban is a Vulcan, but we'll find out. Yep. It's either a Vulcan or it's going to be possibly, possibly Starfleet. I was looking at his uniform and his uniform seemed to have like the the collar and the shoulders. I was like, hmm, that looks like it's a 90s Starfleet uniform maybe, but we'll see. Hmm. Interesting. When when T'Pol and Archer are discussing her future on the ship, yeah, I got very nervous for for a second, a fraction of a second, Andrea, because you know they're really going into it, deep dive. You know this isn't collegial conversation; this is a friendship conversation. And T'Pol says, "You need me, Captain." And Archer makes a very quick move to leave the room. And for a fraction of a second, I thought he was going for the kiss. And I was like, no, 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 no. But it's okay, he left the room. We do also get a conversation between Archer and Trip, though, about Paul. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. But even in that conversation, I feel like Trip is trying to hint that Archer might have feelings. No. Well, I definitely didn't pick up on Archer was trying to hint that Trip had feelings. But Trip does say, she grows on you. She grows on you. And then Archer was like... I would have thought you would have kicked her out of an airlock. You're going to miss her, aren't you? When they first assigned her, I felt like strangling Saval. Uh, she does kind of grow on you. I would think you'd be the first one to short of the airlock. Two things. First of all, His sister just died. Stop telling him to kill someone. (laughs) Well, we know Tripp wants to kill someone. Yeah, but not to Paul. And secondly, he says no. (laughs) (laughs) He does. (laughs) He says nah. (laughs) I mean, but he would have at the start of season one. Yeah, but not anymore because she grows in you. She's grown on him. The Klingons. I forgot about the Klingons. They're in this episode. <laughs> I forgot about the Klingons. They were waiting six months to attack and then they failed. Yeah, because we've got some fancy new tor- photonic photonic torpedoes. They haven't yet shortened it to photon torpedoes. So yeah, that was fun. Did you see when he was firing those torpedoes? How happy he was. Oh my god, I'm so glad you brought it up. This was this was <laughs> this was gonna be my nomination for horny moment of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> when Oh when, my god, he's so he's so happy. When Archer gives the order to fire, Reed gets a smile on his face. You just know he is rock hard. <laughs> yep. He just got proposed to and he's the happiest time oh of gosh. his life. Yeah. Like he Archer I think that's is it's when Archer is like the lowest setting possible. We just want them off our tails. And even that is enough for Reed to go crazy and like horny as fuck. Yeah. He got new missiles and he, he got one off. He unloaded on the Klingons. 
He went for the back door as well. The end. Oh no! <laughs> Mayweather got to do some fancy flying as well. He got to do a loop to loop. An L four. Please, we talk, we talk, we talk. Flying vocabulary in this house. Okay, sorry. <laughs> That's what the L stands for. Loop to loop. Loop to loop. A loop four. Um, but yeah, Klingons were on this. They were not very great. And it doesn't ma- Okay, I have a bone to pick with the Klingons. A huge bone to pick with the Klingons. So, the first scene that we get with them is like the high command of the Klingons being like, you disappointed us, this guy got away two times and blah, 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 blah. And they're going to give him another choice to get him. That That's not very Klingon-like. Very Klingon-like, yeah. <laughs> That's not very Klingon. Like, they don't do like, second chances. Oh, we want you back at your post, but for that, you have to prove yourself. What? That is human. That yeah. is not Klingon. Yeah. I know. It sounds fake to me. I'm looking forward to getting more into Klingon and their honor system. And then he fails again. He fails a third time. <laughs> also, where did the two other ships come from? Well, there are always three ships. It was just one ship at the start of this episode. I mean, they were six months. I think they could have asked for back. Two just came. Are you okay? You you okay? What are you doing? Oh, we're just wait. We're just waiting. You want to wait with us? Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's parties every day. Did they actually destroy them in the end, or did they just damage them enough to retreat? So what? Two of them left. Yeah, they retreated. Yeah, because they were like, mm, we're not going into the expanse, what the hell? Yeah. And then the other one with the captain. Juras. With a, yeah. Juras' ship is completely annihilated. Okay. I was just thinking that Reed shoved a missile up Juras. And exploded. <laughs> yep. He did that. He did that. He did shove a torpedo up, up your ass no he should have your ass up their ass <laughs> <laughs> yeah Klingons so they sorry sorry they did destroy them Jurassic ship yeah looking forward to season 3 yeah we said this at the end of season 1 that the show hopefully will get better on a whole I, I think I think season 2 was worse than season 1 yeah I was gonna say it was not better <laughs> I can't remember a lot about season one, but yeah, I think season two definitely had a lot more misses than hits. Yeah, I don't remember season one. But what I do remember about season two is I say, we didn't like this episode. We didn't like this episode. We didn't like this episode. So yeah, season two was a... a So before we do the the season two awards, should we do the awards for this season to see if there's anything from this episode? Sorry, from this episode. Wait, wait, wait. This is how it feels when you can't be off. But I just thought of something of this episode and we need to talk about it before the words because okay, okay, okay. I don't know, maybe it changes something. Okay, okay. Okay. So Archer says Go to hell. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> yes, it's on my notes and I completely glossed over it. Yeah. Yep, that was a Nakakovich throwback. I would have preferred if Archer had said, well, I've got something to say to you, but I'm going to throw it over to my colleague, 
<laughs> my colleague has something to say to you. Pass the mic <laughs> to Ensign yeah. Nikakovich. Oh my god, I forgot about that until right now. Yeah. Yeah, because he doesn't he doesn't do it as well. No. No. Not even close. He didn't put enough gusto into it. But you know, it was good. It was good that he said it. Okay, so we can go on now. Spin off of a character. <laughs> Maybe like a a mini series. Like a sitcom of the Klingons waiting for six months. Yeah. What did they get up to? A one season show. Yeah, just what were they doing? Just a chill out comedy. I want it to be Fleabag style. Yeah. Talking to camera. Yeah, Jurassic constantly breaking fourth wall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, spin off. Uh, no, that's the one that we just did. Horniest moment. Read. He got oh, he he got hard. He was so lucky that that desk was there. Let's just say that they finished that fight and they were like, "Okay, we're in the we're in the the expanse now. We're gonna go down to the canteen, have some refresher drinks." Read you come in and read like, "I'm just I'm just gonna sit here for a while first. I have to check that the torpedoes are reloaded. I'm not gonna stand up right away. Yeah, I have. To, I have to, I'll meet you guys in a bit. I need to go to the bathroom first. So yeah, he, <laughs> yeah. Change my uniform. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and just because I'm the Lulu, uh, I'll just say that Trip saying that she grows on you is also a horny moment because that's what I want to see. Yeah, no, it's a nice moment. I wouldn't classify it as horny, but it's definitely a, it's, it's definitely emotionally a horny. Yeah, emotionally, emotionally horny. horny. It's hard. hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, line on a t-shirt. Go to hell. Go to hell again. I don't think we had it from the first season, but yeah, let's throw it in here. Okay, go to hell. Will this be a contender for best or worst episode? Not worst. <laughs> I'm tempted to say best, but I think that's purely because the, the last three episodes were so bad. I really don't We think... have to put it into perspective. Yeah, in perspective of the whole season, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think it's a best episode. And also, I wouldn't recommend... I wouldn't recommend it because it's a season finale. But maybe because depending on how season three goes, it could be a good opening for season three. And then you save up all of season two because it's not enjoyable to watch. Yeah, I think in perspective of the last four episodes, yes, in perspective of the season, no. Yeah, the last four episodes, this is the best episode in the world, but... What about, are we putting it as a episode we'd recommend? I said that I wouldn't recommend it because it's season finale, but if we want them to skip the first two seasons and go into third, then it's a good... I think you could recommend it as a as an episode, because... I mean, it feels like a, an opener to a season rather than a closer. And yeah, I mean, that's why I'm saying if you're going to continue watching, then yeah, because it's a good yeah, I think you could recommend explanation of how you get to season three. We'll put it in. Okay, 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 okay. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed and we'll be back next week for the awards. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. We're not we're, we're not gone yet. You can follow us on Twitter, Blue Sky, TikTok, and Instagram at potmeupscotty and email us at potmeupscotty at gmail.com. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Scotty, come in. Ready to beam up. Beam us up home.